Hey, it's Graham. Our past in-depth guests have shared so many inspirational stories from overcoming adversity to helping their communities and even bettering themselves or all of the above. We're sharing one of these uplifting stories from the archives each Thursday this week. Lance Mackey. The 2001 I did ride, you end up finishing 36th out of 68 teams. Uh, explain how you're feeling as you're finishing that race. Well, the, you know, just being able to get to the starting line was a dream come true for one. So I wasn't feeling too good leading up to the race, but I had, been, you know, I went to a doctor and they told me I had an abscessed tooth and gave me a bottle of antibiotics and well, sent me on my way. And that's in my head, I had an abscessed tooth, big deal. Uh, I got through the bottle of antibiotics and still had this oh, terrible thing in my neck and it started to hurt. And, I'll never forget the day that it really dawned on me that something was going on. I picked up a newspaper and like, what, I need glasses too? It's all blurry, I can't read. I'm like, what is going on? Ah, you know. Uh, I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I need some aspirin, I need something. My head is just throbbing, you know? And, and I'm, I don't take aspirin, I don't take ibuprofen. I don't do that, you know? But now I'm waking up in the middle of the night begging for it. And, um, I didn't want to admit that maybe something else was happening. Uh, so I went to the starting line at Dirod and uh, probably with no sleep and the, you know, the rigorousness of the trail and whatnot, things somewhat progressed rapidly. And uh, by the time I got to Nome, I was blacking out for no reason. Uh, and Nome being where it finishes, yeah. Yeah, I got to Nome and... Uh, the very first thing I told my wife at the time was, uh, I need to see a doctor. And she, uh, she just broke down crying. She knew now something's up. Because for me, I mean, I want to go see a doctor. Something's up, you know. And uh, when I went and saw a doctor that day, um, he says, uh, he did some tests and whatnot. And he says, uh, you need to go to Anchorage immediately and you need to see a specialist. He said, this is beyond me. And both of us right away, uh, well, could it be cancer? He's like, no, it's not cancer, but something's going on in there. Okay, well, fine. I'm good then, right? I'm here to tell you, that's BS. <laughs> it touched my neck. And, oh, man, what is up? You know? So basically, they pulled a softball-sized tumor out of my throat. <clears throat> uh, a softball-sized tumor mm -hmm. out of your throat? This is how he described it. It had wrapped around, uh, I mean, it basically was cutting circulation off to my brain. That's why I was having headaches. Uh, they took the main muscle out of my right arm. They told me uh, flat out that I wasn't going to make it to this whole ordeal. They caught it in the late stages, and he's like, you know, it's not that simple. You're, you're, you're a little farther along than we like to. Um, normally, people just live out the rest of their days, and get their things in order. And I said, I don't even have things to get in order. I got a family to take care of and, and dogs that uh, rely on me every single day. I'm not leaving them behind. I'm not going to leave my wife and kids that didn't ask for any of this. My burden, you know. You got to get this out of here. And uh, he said, yeah, well, I don't know if I can touch you. I said, but I know a guy up in Anchorage that, uh, and this is a down in Kenai Peninsula time. He said, I know a guy in Anchorage that's, he's pretty familiar with this. He's freshly out of school. Up today's technology, blah, blah, blah. I said, fine, give me his number. He said, well, if you don't mind, I'd like to be a part of that. 
And I said, I don't care if there's a whole team of you. Let's do this. So immediately we went to town and uh, we met this guy and he says, yeah, you know, I don't know if this is a, a real great idea, he said, but um, I think you should go uh, talk to these guys that are real more experienced. And I said, you know what? He just told me I was going to die. I wasn't going to make it through this. So in my opinion, I got a 50-50 chance either way. If I quit breathing on the operating table, it's going to be in my own state. I am not going to be shipped from some foreign state with a bunch of doctors that I'm not familiar with. Be sent home to be buried. Uh, well, I mean, what's the worst could happen? You already told me the worst part. Uh, and they had a big powwow with different uh, doctors and whatnot. And um, they decided, sure, we'll make an attempt at it. And, um, you know, they, I got my whole family together. And, uh, you know, I was really positive about the whole thing until the moment they opened the doors and wheeled me in for surgery. And I'll never forget the lady, uh, anesthesiologist, says, uh, you need to tell your family goodbye. And I'm like, you know, I have been told I can't do something my whole life. I said, I'll see you guys later, you know. And I, and I went in pissed off, telling me what I can and can't do. I'm like, you know, watch this. So I, um, you know, I did live through it. I went through that whole ordeal. And I, I don't know exactly. I was told it was eight days when I woke up from that surgery. I woke up in the fetal position in a bed. And I, I remember just opening my eyes. And it wasn't the room. It wasn't the surrounding that I was wanting to know what was going on. It was this hose that I had in my belly, and in my, I had a catheter. I'm like, who did this? What is going on? This is not right. I don't feel right. I mean, <laughs> get me out of here, right. you know? And, uh, I, I mean, I, I couldn't sit up. I couldn't roll over. I couldn't do anything. I was that weak. <clears throat> you know, my family's standing right there. I remember telling them, I said, I told you I'd be back. A friend of mine is a physical therapist. She'd come see me. She'd put pulleys all over my room. I had ropes going to this. The doctor said, you can't do that. And I'm like, really? Watch this. You know? You can't walk. Oh, really? Watch this. Um, all these things that I wasn't supposed to be doing were the first things I wanted to try. Don't tell me I can't. Tell me I shouldn't. And these are consequences you might suffer if you do. But don't tell me I can't do something. I mean, I, I was told I couldn't be king crabfish for me because I was too small. Thirteen years later, I was running circles around the guys that told me I couldn't, you know. Uh, I'd never race dogs again. Are you kidding me? That's what I love to do. So in, I, was, I still had uh, radiation burns, feeding tubes. I was beat to crap. I went and signed up for the Iditarod. Uh, people thought I was absolutely nuts. But that, to me, was my therapy. They had things I had to do. I didn't have to do that, but I needed something to get out of bed for every single day. You've said before that you believe you'll die out on the trail at some point. No, well, no. Why, why do you believe that? Well, I mean, that's just something that I feel um, that'd, be the, that'd be the way I would want to go for one. And if I'm feeling like it's coming that time, I'm going to hook up a team. <laughs> I might not be able to stand on the back. Then I had to put me in the basket and I'll just ride down the trail. But, I mean, this is the way I want to go out, you know. I'll be able to smile on my face with my best friends and... Uh, I'll make that happen somehow or another. I'm not going to die in a hospital. I'm not going to 
I'm just not, you know, I mean, accident happens and I end up in a car wreck or something, that's one thing, but if I know I'm naturally going and, you know, my friends, my family, they know that uh, that's why I want to go. I want to be buried in my dog sled. One quick favor before you leave, please consider giving the podcast a rating and review. These go a long way in helping us reach new listeners. Thanks again for your support.